This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, as always, we are back here again with the one and only Marco Permunian. How you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the practical sides of living in Italy. Um, some of our experiences, because we've both had experiences in small towns, larger towns, before moving to Italy full-time, I had spent a, a little bit of time in a larger city and have been able to compare and contrast my experiences since moving to Italy full-time, uh, living in smaller areas. And so I guess maybe... One of the biggest things that I've noticed, and might be a good uh, point to start with, could be about convenience and how, like, what's available to you and lifestyle and stores. And this is something that's not unique to Italy in any way. But what's that been like for you? Because I know you've been, you, you come from this area, Rovigo, but you've also spent time in Milan. Do you remember going back to that first time? when you just moved there, what life was like? What were some of the first things that you noticed? Um, first of all, I think this is a very um, common question that people have, people that uh, contact us to purchase properties in Italy. You know, one of the reasons uh, why they choose a specific area uh, after the, uh, like besides the price or besides uh, the type of property that they're looking for is uh, they, they want to choose also based on uh, how life is in a specific area mm -hmm. or uh, more precisely in a town versus in a bigger city. Um, but to answer your question, uh, I believe the um, first thing that hit me uh, when uh, I went to live in a uh, bigger town, I was working in Milan for uh, two years, a long time ago in a law firm. And I will say something that is maybe very simple and common to other countries in the world, but uh, the first memory uh, that comes to my mind when I think about my time in Milan was that it was a very, very busy uh, city. I think that uh, something, though, that is kind of different from the U.S. is that in Italy, everything tends to be concentrated in the city center. And uh, there is a very um, large population in a smaller area. Uh, of course, in the US, like cities are much bigger, so uh, the density of the population is different compared to Italian towns. But um, speaking about Italian cities, everybody basically lives in the center. So yeah. um, there is just a lot of people in a very small area. Yeah, it's, it's much more common in Italy, even in the smallest of towns, that the the dense the den, uh, the population density is much is much more dense than where you might find in the United States. It's not just like the center would be for um, for people who are working there for tourists for business. It's very much everywhere you go is residential in one way or another. Even okay, maybe with the exception of like the business district, that newer neighborhood in Milan. But uh, for the most part, like everywhere you go is livable. Like you will find apartments there. Not necessarily saying livable, that it is a great idea or a wonderful choice to live there. 
depending on your lifestyle and what it is that you're looking for in life. But that was also something that I noticed uh, as well, that even in, whether it was in the center or even if you go into one of the neighborhoods that's outside of what's considered to be like the main center part of the city, it's pretty packed with people. Like you've got everybody there. I mean, it felt like kind of not necessarily like packed, like being in New York where everything is super high rises and everything, but there was everywhere you go, the the city just did not stop. Whereas in a smaller town, you do have a lot of people living very close together. And even in Rovigo, a somewhat small city, you do have some tall-ish buildings that exist where people do live close, but you also have that mix between standalone homes and the apartment buildings. Whereas in a place like Milan, it's mostly only the apartment buildings. Yeah, definitely. And I think a consequence of that situation is that uh, when you're living in a big city like Milan or Florence or um, Rome or Naples, um, so like mid to big cities, uh, I think if you're coming from America, uh, what you'll find strange is that you can't really drive a car. It's not as a good idea. Mm. I mean, you can drive a car, of course. It's just not a good idea. There will be yeah. a lot of people that drive a car, which makes it impossible for more people to right. drive a car in the city. Whereas in the US, I mean, I've been in quite large cities, and I would say that with the exception of New York City, maybe, in a lot of cities in the US, you can actually drive a car. You can yeah. drive in Los Angeles. You can drive in uh, Seattle. You can drive in Phoenix. I mean, there's just a lot yeah. of space there. Well, you have to in a lot of those places. It's not even an option. Like. Public transportation is really bad, and the, the the streets are actually built to be driven on. Whereas, like even when we were in Rome last year, when we went to do the interview uh, for for television here, uh, there was a they have a, a car sharing service, and that's just a regular thing in the street. Yes, it's becoming more popular in different places in the world, but one of the reasons why is because they're trying to get rid of of having so many cars in these city centers. Because yes, while even in Los Angeles, like traffic there is horrible, you can still fit on the street. Whereas yes. in Rome, fitting on the street can be an issue with maybe more than a couple of lanes of traffic on some streets. The thing is, there's no more room for other cars. Yeah. And even when you are able to drive a car, by the way, I, I never told you, but that time we rented a car in Rome, we got two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I I got them in the mail like two months after through the rental company. But I think that made me really understood that in Italy, driving a car in a big city is not only sometimes not possible or practical, but uh, it's going to cost you money because you're going to end up driving through a uh, ZTL, like the those traffic zones. Controlled you, traffic area. Exactly, where only people uh, by foot uh, should go, but you end up driving with a the car there just because they don't realize that you're entering yeah. one. And sometimes you don't even have the option because like, you can't turn in a different direction. So was that the, were those the tickets that you got, the, the ZTL like that we entered into that? Exactly, yes. We did enter into, I think, one or two or maybe one two times like the same zone like we entered two times <laughs> I remember we were driving to yeah. find a park yeah. for the car and uh, the thing is I think this is not necessarily a bad thing now now we're talking about this as if it were a bad thing but I think this help and will help people in the long run to use public transportation 
even more than they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Because the good thing about Italian cities is that while it's not probably a good idea to drive a car, there is excellent public transportation. Well, even beyond that, a lot of Italian cities are quite walkable by necessity. Yes. I mean, even like, I remember the first time I went to Rome, I was there with my cousin just less than 24 hours. And in one evening, we were able to walk through, um, I want to say most of the major sites. I mean, it was a long evening. Like we, we were, we were out until like the wee hours of the morning, but we were able to get through and walk we had a great time okay fine like maybe if you're up there in age and have or have mobility issues then maybe that might be more difficult but to walk around is not like unheard of and it's not like even in milan for example once you get to a certain train stop maybe you'll have another five stops within walking distance, especially in the center of the city. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember that time that we went to Rome to be interviewed, that I, I wanted to show you the main sightseeing, and we were able to do that in a matter of like two, three hours. Yeah. I mean, not all of them, but like some of the major ones, yeah. even if they, they were not close to each other, but they were close enough yeah. to... Uh, for us to be able to walk from one to, to the other. Yeah, I mean, like even, what was it, Palazzo Chigi and the Trevi Fountain, like practically around the corner from each other, a couple minutes walk at most, and then we hopped in a taxi to get back to the train station and the the um, Coliseum, another few minutes practically down the street, around the corner, around a couple corners. And so, I mean, everything is really very, very close. And then, ah, oh, what's that? Piazza della Repubblica or something, where they have the big steps leading up to that big building. Yes, that, and, uh, that's um, the, no. the Spanish steps. No, no, that's uh, the, not the Spanish steps. It's the other one where the on in, on the, the Republic Day that the the, the, the the planes fly over. Oh, the the big fascist monument. Oh yes, yes, the Altare della Patria. That's the one. <laughs> so bad with names. It doesn't matter what country, English, another language, whatever. I'm bad with names, but no, like all of this, you can get to. Like you can get by foot. Yes, and uh, one other thing that I'm seeing uh, in the recent uh, years, but I want to say months, uh, more than years, uh, like a lot of big cities. Uh, are implementing these uh, alternative uh, transportation means like mm-hmm. scooters for, yeah. and or, or bikes that you can rent with the application. Uh, I, I know in New York they're, they're doing something like that, yeah. but like in Italy, almost every major city now has them, like Naples, yeah. Milan, Rome, and even like smaller cities like Florence or uh, Padova, yeah. uh, they're starting to get those. So you're basically walking around and you see like this scooter, you get it and you, you can rent it with the application. Mm-hmm. It's as easy as just pressing a button on, on your phone, just have to add your credit card and it will unlock and you'll be able to use it and drop, drop it off wherever you want in the city. Yeah, even there was a company just recently here in Rovigo and Rovigo is small. They're not. I, I don't see that they would necessarily have something like Lime or Uber, whatever those sco- different scooter companies are. Um, not Uber. Does Uber just anyway? It doesn't even matter. But um, there was a company, like a not a company, but a small business that was testing out for like a weekend here in Rovigo what it would be like to rent out scooters to people who wanted to use them to get around 
they did some scooter tours and stuff. So it's not just the big cities that are looking at these alternative options, but it's also some of the smaller cities. But even in a small city like Rovigo, there's an association that you can actually join and become a member of, and you'll have the use of a bike for on an annual basis. And even being a member of this club, you'll start getting some discounts at local stores, like 5% here, 1% here, 3% here. Even if you order food on like one of the, the, the what's it called, Eaton Time, one of the applications that you can find online, there are some of the local restaurants that if you are a part of this bike club, that you'll get a discount of X percent on your purchase. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I believe, you know, at this point in time, uh, for people who want to purchase a property in a larger town or city in Italy, ultimately, isn't really necessary to have a car. Mm-hmm. Even, I think we talked about this in another episode, uh, when you have to move from one town, from one city to the other, you can use the high-speed high trains, yeah. which are very nice and comfortable and yeah. very fast. They, yeah, they, yeah. they can take you from uh, Milan to uh, Bologna in like one and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, like they, I think the maximum speed that they can reach is like 300 kilometers per hour, yeah. which is... It's pretty darn fast. Exactly. So, um, of course, people still tend to use a car in Italy, but uh, and especially people who are not living in uh, major cities. Mm-hmm. But if you are purchasing a property in a major city, uh, I believe you don't necessarily need it. No, I think actually, if you're in a city, that's more of a reason not to have a car. But if you live in a smaller town, and especially out in the country, then I think it's somewhat necessary. Like, again, I keep going back to Rovigo as an example, um, because it's a place we both know very well, that here, it actually could be more annoying to have a car than not to have a car. But where I used to live in Merano, up in the north, like... Yeah, it would be a similar situation as well, but you go to a little bit of a larger city that's already like, say, what, 150,000, 300,000? I don't remember how many people are there in the, in, the, in the area. But by that point, it already starts to become a little bit annoying, even though you still have that small town feel. Um, it is nice to have and maybe a little bit easier to, to drive around. But again, even here in a small city like Rovigo, we have a ZTL. We have this area that you can't drive through unless you have a reason to be there, like you have the permit to be there because I don't know if work is a reason that you can get the permit, which I believe it is, but um, even if you live there, then you can get the permit to park and for this and for that. But if you don't, then you do have to drive around the center to get around the city, which could be annoying. But if you live, say, somewhere out in the hills of Tuscany, Having a car in that case wouldn't just be convenient. It would be necessary to get from your town or your home to the village, your home to the supermarket, your home to the next city over. But you know what? I'm just seeing here that there's a lot more for us to cover, a lot more ground. And we like to try, if at all possible, to keep the this, the real estate episodes shorter than the citizenship episodes that we do. So I'm thinking, if it sounds good to you, maybe we should do a part two to this and talk a little bit more about some other subjects that would compare and contrast between life in a larger city in Italy versus life in a smaller city. How's that sound to you? Absolutely. Well, perfect then. If anybody is needing any help with the process of purchasing or moving to Italy, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com 
or uh, give us a call. The number is on the website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you are interested in more content like this about Italian real estate, be sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel where you can not only find just this content about Italian real estate, but also the bonus of the Italian citizenship podcast as well. Also be sure that you're subscribed to the audio only podcast. And also if you're interested in more content like this about moving to Italy, Italian dual citizenship and living life abroad, and also to see more content out and about in the this beautiful country that Marco and I both call home, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia, or you can find my audio only podcast, Not Your Average Globetrotter, on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Of course, though, as always, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast. We have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian from ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, and we'll see you all next time. Later. Thank you. <laughs>